Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Here we are. The few, the proud, the Sunday night crowd. Now that's not intended to be a judgment call. That's not a statement that says, all who are not here are sinners. It's not the point. But acknowledging the fact is one more thing that adds to the emotional, mental burden of Christians who feel overworked. You've heard this figure floated around for decades. I don't know how to verify its reality. But the common phrase is that 80% of the work is done by 20% of the people. I don't think that that's true at Richmond. I really don't. But I do think it is true that there's a difference between the work and those who are doing it. And we need to take a time to think about it. This is Involvement Sunday. We had a presentation this morning about all of the things that are involved in the work of the church at Richmond. And an encouragement for every person to find a place, to identify your skills, to match that with your interests, and to be committed and connected to the work that is happening right here at Richmond. But I know it to be true that there are Christians who feel overworked. In fact, I don't know of a congregation where we wouldn't find that. I'm not sure there's a place that we wouldn't find that in any business, in any volunteer area. doesn't matter. People feel overworked. And every congregation has them. Look at Revelation chapter 3 and the famous passage that is there unfolded for us about this very idea. The heading phrase in the design of the Bible that I have says this is about the lukewarm church. We all know who that is, the church at Laodicea. And while it's written from a negative perspective, I want you to notice the other side, meaning while this is truly a negative situation that God is identifying, 
It also says something positive. Number one, to every single person who is a member of the family of God, God already knows if you are overworked. I know your works. To feel overworked is one thing. To be overworked might be another. But either way, God knows. And the church at Laodicea needed to know. Number two, God would rather have the overworked and the non-workers than to have the stagnant. You're not hot, you're not cold. I wish you were. But you are lukewarm. And I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Again. The statement with which I began must not be interpreted as, if you're not here on Sunday night, you're lukewarm. That's not the point. The point certainly is that there are people in every congregation who are satisfied. Satisfied to do nothing. Satisfied to be on a roster. Satisfied that the name is recorded as a member. I often refer to what I learned in this building that helped me as much as anything when a young lady described the difference between being satisfied and content. Because Paul said, I've learned to be content in everything I'm in. Satisfied means I don't want any more. I can't take any more. I got enough. I described it recently at a place I was speaking. It's the feeling I had coming home the night of my 12th birthday when my dad took me to the all-you-could-eat spaghetti place. At 12 years old, I could do some damage to some spaghetti. And I remember walking into the house. I didn't want to smell food. I didn't want to look at food. I was satisfied. That's not what Paul was saying. Paul said he was content. In other words... This is great. Will you give me more? When Christians become satisfied, they're stagnant. God would rather have us oppose Him 
than to be stagnant and satisfied. But certainly he appreciates the overworked. Number three. The overworked acknowledge who they are. And their work is their cover to the Laodiceans. He criticized them. You say, I am rich. I've become wealthy. I don't need anything. But you don't know that you are miserable, wretched, poor, blind, and naked. The overworked wear their clothing and cover their nakedness with the work that they do. Stagnant do not even acknowledge that they are undressed. Again, The overworked are open, open to hear the call of the Lord because they've already heard it. They've been listening. Maybe you ask, why are they overworked? Isn't that their own fault? No. Well, certainly it's their fault, but it's their choice. It is their response to the call of the Lord that they hear. And in that response, they have chosen to be in a position where they might feel overworked. But the stagnant. They're not even listening to the call. They don't hear it. I rebuke and chasten as many as I love. Be zealous and repent. Is the call to the stagnant. It is true. That every congregation has people who are absolutely feeling that they are overworked. And these who are overworked sometimes feel underpaid. I get it. It's a part of our humanity that we really must be able to work on. Our humanity says fairness means that everybody play a part. Everybody take on part of this work. Don't leave it to the few. That human response is real. And it really does make sense, doesn't it? 
No matter where you are and what you're doing, when you have a group, isn't it really fair that everybody participate? Our emotions say nobody acknowledges. I'm overworked and nobody really acknowledges the fact that I am. And the people that I feel are not working don't even appreciate the fact that I do. That's real, isn't it? You've probably felt it. You wouldn't say anything. You're not going to get on to anybody. But in your private moments, we can't help but think about fairness and our emotions. But the spiritual side, the humanity causes us to feel overwork. But our spiritual side helps us to manage and control that feeling. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 in the text read a moment ago, adding a, a couple of verses before and after. Those of us, those people in the, the whatever church, whatever congregation, who feel overworked, they already know that in the end, it's the overworked who are going to be rewarded. Verse 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Of course, that is consistent with Jesus who said, enter in by the narrow gate and the difficult way, not the broad and wide gate and way. In fact, it is the few and the proud who finally will be rewarded at the end. And they know it. The spiritual side should tell us to control what we can control. If I feel overworked, if I feel unappreciated, let the spiritual side say, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. That word temperate means controlled. Those who feel overworked need to hear that they need to control what they can control. And that's you. 
That's me. I can't control whether or not anybody else is working. But I can control whether I do or don't. And I can learn to control my negative thoughts about that. Because they are temperate in all things. Verse 26. Paul said, therefore I run not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air. That word uncertainty is a word that means without clarity. I don't run in a fog. I'm not running aimlessly about, flapping my arms. I have a plan. I have a commitment. If you're feeling overworked, find a lane and manage that lane. It's very popular now to say, hey, stay in your lane. And, and usually that phrase, stay in your lane, means don't you get over here where I am. Don't you get in my way. Don't you try to tell me what to do. You stay in your lane. I got mine covered. But that's not what this means. This Christian faithful person is not concentrating on and constantly looking at the other lanes. Either to tell them, you better shape up or stay out of mind. I am so busy. As a faithful Christian should be our attitude that I'm just managing my lane. I'm just doing what I can do. Oh, certainly there is encouragement for all brothers and sisters to be involved and to do better. I understand that. But if I spend my time and my energy on the lane, the pathway, the direction that I have chosen, I won't. Be so distracted by others who aren't choosing to work. I'm just going to do what I need to do. Verse 27. Paul said, I discipline my body. I bring it into subjection for this reason. When I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. That word disqualified is a word we've looked at a number of times because it's really become one of my favorite words to research when I did and use. It is the Greek word dokimazo. Documented. Overworked. 
Christians are documented workers before the Lord. You need to know, I need to know that God understands, he sees, he acknowledges, he has documented that I'm a worker. But that feeling of being underpaid often arises from the need for somebody else to document that I have done it. That's very human. It's very understandable. And I'm not saying that we should not document what others are doing. We can do better. We can do a better job of appreciating those who take the time to teach, whether in Bible class, preschool, online studies that are being hosted. We could do a better job appreciating those people. We can do a better job of honoring those who are working in everything that we do. And I'm not saying we shouldn't, but what I am saying is, you've already been appreciated. God already appreciates what you're doing. And I need to get to the point where I can be content. That God knows, that God documents, and if nobody else ever does, I'm going to keep working. Because what Paul is saying is this, as it relates to our theme. If I don't learn to find my appreciation, if I don't learn to see what God has for me and, honor, and the honor that he gives is already there and then there's a future honor that's coming, if I don't get to that point, I might quit working. The problem with overworked is not the overwork. The problem with the overworked is they might quit working. I quit. I've had enough. I'm the only one doing it. Very few of us. I've had enough. That's the danger of the overworked who don't understand these principles. Now, once again, these principles are clear in Scripture. Being overworked and feeling overworked as real as it is, I don't know an alternative. Because if everybody who feels overworked just quit working, then what? 
However, the overworked group in a church may in fact need some changes. To handle that overworked mentality, there may need to be some changes. Maybe. Maybe we should reevaluate. And maybe there are some things that we are doing that we just need to stop doing because there are not enough people to make it work well. If that has to happen, okay. We will do fewer works better than to spread ourselves so thin that we do less with what we are doing. It's okay. There might be some things that need to stop. There might be a new way of doing things that needs to be done. It's okay to modernize. It's okay to change. As long as we don't change, thus says the Lord. Everything else can change and modify. Number two, I might suggest that training leaders how to recruit could be a really good idea. Maybe it's a recruitment issue. Part of what was going on this morning was... Phil helping us, and he was recruiting. He really was. And so maybe leaders just need to recruit more. Sometimes people are overworked because they try to do it all by themselves without recruiting. Sometimes. The value is going to be in this material that's being arranged. Hopefully every leader will be given a list of some people who say, this is what I will and want to do. Now, leader, go get them. And any leader who claims to be overworked, who is never recruited, gets very little sympathy from me. If we need to change things that we do, if we need to change the way that we do, okay. But a final thing that I want to suggest is this. Leaders, and we've talked about this. I've talked with our shepherds many times. The more that is done from the ground up, is better and more quality work than that which is handed down from those who lead. I was in a church when I worked back in St. Louis, Arnold. And they appointed a bunch of deacons. And then they sat around and tried to figure out what work they could do. Now that occurs to me that that's just totally backwards. That just doesn't make any sense. This one guy became a deacon 
Good guy. Two children, good friends. And they were sitting around with him trying to figure out what he could do. And all of a sudden they said, I'll tell you what. Why don't you take over because they had it too. Why don't you take over the teddy bear program that the women are doing? How long do you think that he lasted as a deacon? Three months. He was out. You know why? It was top-down fed. It won't work. That doesn't mean there aren't things that need to come top-down. But I will say this. When people... At the ground root level, think about, plan, energize, and get on board. And that moves in a direction, and the shepherds say, just go. That works. Are you overworked? Maybe. But I will say this. Not one of us, not one of us is truly underpaid. Not one. It makes no sense, does it? That you could work as a faithful child of God for 60 70 years, 80 years, I don't know, and be rewarded eternally. How much sense does that make? We're not earning anything, but we're certainly not being failed to be rewarded. I'm not underpaid. You're not underpaid. This church is not underpaid. We might be overworked. Let's manage that part. But let's not stop the work. Let's figure out a way to keep going. Let's get on board. Let's be involved. Let's be all we can be with the help of God. If you need our shepherds, if you need your brethren to pray, to be involved with you tonight in whatever spiritual capacity or even physical, let us know. We stand and sing for your encouragement. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.